Merry Christmas. It's good to see you here on this amazing night as we ponder the real meaning of Christmas. As we for a moment put aside the mad rush and the no parking and the, (gasps) have I got that present for somebody and I haven't written my cards out. And we pause and ask ourselves, what is the message of Christmas? What is the core message? It must be something pretty important when you can't even get a car park at Botany. Something's going on. Around the world, billions of people will stop their lives for this one moment. Why? What is the core, non-commercialized, non-Coca-Colaized reason why we have Christmas? Let me summarize it in a sentence. The message of Christmas is this, that you matter to God so much that he sent his son Jesus Christ to let you know that you matter to him. That's the whole message of Christmas. Did you know that? That's what it's all about. There is a word that you'll hear very often, especially tomorrow, and that will be the word gift or gifts. And it's the most used word in this season. In fact, many of you are out today frantically searching for those last gifts at the right price, of course. Where did all that sentiment of giving gifts at Christmas come from? How can we do that? What's the reason behind the giving? The tradition of Christmas giving started because God gave you a gift, the very first Christmas gift. He gave to you. And he took the initiative. And God has a gift for you, and his gift is Jesus Christ. It's a person. Now, along with Jesus Christ, there's three particular gifts I want to quickly look at today to summarize and encapsulate the gifts that you gain when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I want to pick it up from a scripture here, which if you have an outline, if you haven't, there's some at the back table. And it says this, and it's up on the screen behind me. It says this. The angel said, firstly, I love this, don't be afraid. And by the way, if anybody ever says they saw an angel, if they weren't quaking in their boots, they're lying. Because it would terrify you. The angel said, don't be afraid. I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. And it is for who? Everybody. It's for everybody. Today, your Savior is born, and he is Christ the Lord. Give glory to God in heaven, and on earth let there be peace among people who please God. Now, I think it's significant that the very first thing that the angel said to the people when he announced that Jesus was born was this, don't be afraid. You see, some of you today are sitting in this room and you, deep in your heart, are afraid of God. But Jesus came to save us, not to scare us. He wanted to relate to human beings, God did. So he came to earth as a human being. Because you know why? I can relate. I can relate to a human being. I can look at Jesus Christ and say, that's what God looks like. When I see Jesus, I get it. 
I don't get sometimes the word God. I can see what he did. But when I see Jesus, I get that. So why did he come as a baby? Why didn't he just arrive and arrive on terra firma? He did that because really nobody is scared of a baby. Nobody's afraid of a baby. So when you accept the gift of Christ, what do you get? This Christmas, accept God's gift of joy from that verse. Accept God's gift of hope because you need hope to cope. And accept God's gift of harmony. First of all, three side benefits of receiving Jesus Christ, God's big gift to you at Christmas. Number one is accept God's gift of joy. The angel said, I bring you the most joyful news. Full of joy, that means. Everyone else. There's never been an announcement more joyful than this one. Because it changes the destiny of every single person on the planet. The most joyful, the most powerful thing that ever happened. I bring you the most, superlative here, joyful news ever announced. He says, I want you to be joyful about that. God is not a cosmic killjoy, which some people have an idea of in the sky, trying to make your life miserable. No, no, look at that. It says, I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. And we get this conception or misconception that God wants you to be poker-faced and not smile and lose your sense of humor. That is nothing further than the truth. But a lot of people think about God that way. Well, if I become a Christian, I'll have to be a sober-sides and very poker-faced. But we get this weird misconception. They think if I really come to God and say, God, I want you to be what you want me to be, And God, I want to receive your son into my life. And I want you to do what you want me to do. Then God's going to say, great, now. I've been waiting to make your life miserable. And they think that Christians and Christianity means miserable. That is not the case. That is a myth. In fact, I walked into the bank the other day. And the lady said to me, you look like a pastor. And I said, no, I've just had the flu. I'll get over it. God says, I come to give you great news of great joy. And that is the first gift that God wants you to have, is he wants you to be happy and have a sense of joy that he came. In fact, Jesus said this, I came to give you life and life in all its fullness. What I give is the real deal. It's genuine. It's it's full, life in all its fullness. So enjoy it. God is generous. So God wants you to make the most of your life, not to waste it. He he doesn't want you to, he wants you to make your life count. So accept God's gift of happiness. Number two, accept God's gift, and this is a key one, of hope. You see, when he came, he brought hope with him. The Bible says this, today your Savior was born. See, without the Savior, you and I die in our sins. But with him, because he came, we have hope. I once read a Christmas card that stuck with me, and it said this in the, in the inside verse. If our greatest need in life had been for information, God would have sent an educator to educators. If our greatest need had been technology, 
he would have sent a technologist. If our greatest need had been money, he would have sent an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need is for a savior and forgiveness. So God sent a savior because we need to be forgiven. Because none of us in this room are perfect. None of us. So we need a savior. So what is salvation? Savior from what? What is salvation? It means three things. Number one, your past has been forgiven. Number two, you're given a brand new purpose for living. Very important. And number three, you have a new destiny in heaven. That's what that means, salvation. You have forgiveness, purpose, and a wonderful hope in heaven. Are you looking for forgiveness today? Are you plagued with guilt? Or are you looking for purpose in life? Why am I even here? What is the purpose of work? What is the purpose of life? Are you looking for that? Friend, you will find that in Christ. You will find that in Him. So how do you let God save you? What does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to have salvation? Well, it means that you let God give you those things. Forgiveness, purpose, and the gift of heaven. But, like anything like tomorrow, if somebody goes to give you something, you have to receive it and say, thank you. You have to receive it. Because if that person's bought you something and you don't receive it, you're not going to ever get the benefit of that. As long as you're trying to save yourself, God cannot save you. Thinking, well, I don't need God because you know what? I think I can work it all out myself. Some people think that. I can solve all my problems. You see, actually, I don't need you, God, because I've got my own plans. Some people think I don't need God and I don't need anything else. I am my own boss. And like that great theologian Frank Sinatra said, I'll do it my way. And God says, well, if you want to do that, I'm never going to force myself upon you. That's your choice. Have a go. Try to live that way. But notice, you might find quite a lot of frustration and hopelessness and tension and meaninglessness without him. And anger that comes along with that and the worry, the worry of it all. And the guilt. And the other thing I've noticed, the bitterness that comes, creeps in too. And ultimately, the depression. Where do you think all those things come from? Those feelings. Half the time is this, you're trying to do God's job. Remember, God is God and you are not. And he says to you today, just relax. Stop trying to save yourself. Stop trying to work your way to heaven by your good deeds. And in your mind, you're thinking, well, if my good deeds are more than my bad deeds, I'm all right. Actually, that's not the way it actually works. Stop trying to earn points with God. You see, because God will never love you any more than he does right now. And he'll never, he'll never love you any less than right now. Because you were made by God and for God. And until you understand that, life will never make any sense. So relax and accept my gift of hope, he says. Unto you is born a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And again, remember this beautiful part which tells us about God. God did not send his son into this world 
to condemn it. We already know we've done wrong. But he came to save it. That's who our amazing God is. He didn't come to put you down. Misconception and myth. He came to lift you up. And thirdly, and finally, at Christmas time, accept God's gift of harmony. He says this, very important. Let there be peace. I was at the family's place last night at 10.30 last night. And the wife is saying, oh my goodness, I've got all the relatives coming. And I can't talk about God. I can't talk about politics. I can't talk about the economy. I can't talk about the sports. I can't talk. What do I talk about? And sometimes at Christmas, we can end up with people that is a little difficult to get along with, right? Yeah? That's the reality of it. But he says to you, let there be peace among the people. God wants you to have good relationships, not just with him, but with other people. With other people. Love God and love other people. He says, I want you first to get your life right with me, God. Then I want you to get your life right with other people. That's what he says. And Christmas is a time for reconciliation. You see, because whilst we were yet sinners, God sent his son to die for us, to reconcile us back to him. He took the initiative and he stepped towards us. It is time, Christmas is a time to put aside those hurts, those frustrations, those misunderstandings, and have a fresh start. Have a fresh start. To build bridges, to restore relationships that have been broken or damaged. And you know what? Sometimes Christmas is a great time to just say this one word. Sorry. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Now for many people, Christmas is a tense time. Because as I mentioned, it, me- it means dealing with difficult relatives and unresolved issues. But Christmas is a time for reconciliation. Not to only restore your relationship with God, but to restore it with other people. So first, you need to get the peace with God. Then you get the peace of God in your life, peace of God, and then you can have peace with other people. That's the order it goes. And the Bible says this, God reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then, what did he give us? He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's our job. Whose job is that? Our job. The ministry of reconciliation. To reconcile relationships. Now some of you are saying, but you don't know what they did to me. You don't know that. You know what? What I do know from my own life, my love runs out. My human love gets ticked after a while. Maybe yours doesn't, but mine does after a while. My human love runs out. That's why we need God's love in our life that takes over after we run out because his love never runs out. There's an endless supply of it. And you say, Lord, I've about done with this. You need to love this person now through me. (laughs) Thanks be to God for his gift. Too wonderful for words. There's that word gift again. Yet some folks, Christmas after Christmas, never accept. The real, lasting gift that Christmas is all about. This gift will last more than just till the end of January. It'll last throughout all eternity. 
and never fail. So some of you have never accepted God's gift, Jesus Christ. And in him, you can find joy, joy, and enthusiasm, and hope, and harmony. And I challenge you this Christmas, I challenge you this Christmas to open yourself up to God's gift given to you. And why not receive him into your life? It's real simple. All you need to do is ask him. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, thank you that you know every single person intimately sitting here. By name, you knew thousands of years ago before they were even born that they would be here today sitting in the exact seat, listening to your words. Would you move upon their hearts? Today, if you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and accepted the gift that he gave to you, why don't you just pray this in your mind? You don't have to say it aloud because God knows the intention of your heart and every thought that crosses across your mind. Just say something like this in your mind. Say, Dear God, this Christmas, I want your gift, Jesus Christ, in my life. I open my life up to Jesus as much as I know how. I ask you to forgive my sin. And I also ask you to come and put your spirit of love in my life and make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I ask it. 